Okay, hey everyone, it is Getting Familiar with the Unfamiliar Podcast, and we have some special guests today. Um, we're doing something a little different. I have my mom here, Pastor Kim, Cassie, Brittany, Big Facts with Kimmy, and Mark. So, I will just, you know, give the mic to my mom. We're going to start it off with a scripture. Here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. First, let, let's, um, let's talk about um, <laughs> getting familiar with the unfamiliar, which is something that God had gave you. And which is interesting because during this time right now, um, that's what God wants. I believe that God want us to get out of the familiar things that we've been doing. Like the same old routine. And he's changing it up. Because sometimes you get stuck in your ways and it, then it becomes like one, two, three, one, two, three. And then we don't let him lead us. Because we're used to our one, two, three, one, two, three. So God is shaking some things up right now. And so, and, and he's, and he's bringing us, he's bringing us together. Um, I have said before, even us doing ministry here in our homes, because, um, the churches done got out of hand. And so, and they're doing things their way. You got some of us leaders I'm not going to I don't want to just say they're leaders I'll include myself where we're in the church and we got things going but at home there's nothing going so now God none just came in and said nope I want you guys at home because I'm going to use you but you got to get home together first so how are you going to be in there delivering healing people but you're not delivering healing in your own home you're helping people get lined up in the church, but you're not getting your own home lined up with the word of God. And so I believe this is a new thing. And we have been praying that God is doing a new thing. 2020. But like Jacqueline said, comes responsibilities. So I believe God is going to bless us. He, he's going he's gonna to bless us. There's a blessing coming out of this, but we got to listen and we got to obey what he's saying. Amen. Amen. And so I just want to start, you know, from the beginning. Um, and for my my um, my mission is to tell people about Jesus Christ. So God's Valuable Woman Ministry. Uh, we believe in John three sixteen, and we stand on Acts one eight. So we will go city to city and state to state, and we will tell them about Jesus Christ. He was born. He walked this earth. Um, he spread the gospel. He healed and delivered and did all of that. He died on the cross and he rose again for us. And he's coming back. And that's what my that's what that's what my assignment is to do. So I'm coming out of Mark. <coughs> Mark, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of different scriptures. Mark, but we're starting <laughs> off with, with Mark eight thirty one. Sorry. <laughs> And it says, um, he then began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things 
and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three, day, three days rise again. So here Jesus is telling his disciples that he's going to have to suffer and that he's going to be killed. So why do Jesus have to die? That's the title of this. Why does he have to die? And so we go back to Adam and Eve. In the beginning, God created the word, the world, and it was perfect. He created Adam and Eve, and they lived in a perfect world until Satan came and tricked Adam and Eve into doing what God told them not to do. And that was to eat the fruit that they weren't supposed to eat. We don't know if it's an apple or anything like that. We just It's a fruit, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fruit. So sin... Because of their disobedience, then sin entered the world. And we were born with sin. And when we're caught up in sin and we're in sin, we're separated from God. And because of their disobedience, sin entered the world. So due to sin, therefore, you will find people that are hateful, that are selfish, and that's hurtful to one another. Because when you have sin... And you're caught up in all that mess and all that stuff that you're doing. There's no room for God. And so you can't hear from God. You can't, you can't have a relationship with God. And so when you can't be with God, and God is love. God, God is kind. God is compassion. God is good things. And if you can't be part, if you can't be part of him, then the opposite of that. It's just things that are bad. And those things cause you to be ugly, mean, and nasty. And that's why some people walk around here and they, and you know, they're, they're like that. Because they have not made that connection. I, I just can't see nobody making a connection with God and not be kind. Not be loving. Not have compassion. I just, I can't see it. I, I just, I can't see that. If you have a relationship with him... You can't help but to be like him. And that's what he wants. Amen? Amen. Amen. So God couldn't let sin go unpunished. So in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Leviticus 4.3 it says, if the, if the anointed priest sins, bringing guilt on the people, he must bring to the Lord a young bull without defect as a sign, a sin offering for the sin he has committed. In Leviticus 16, 29 through 30, this is to be a lasting ordinance or, or, or 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 <laughs> for you. On the 10th day of the seventh month, you must deny yourselves and not do any work, whether... What is this? Native born or foreigner residing among you. Because on this day, atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. And then before the Lord, you will be clean from all your sins. So God put this place, put this in place, the day of atonement to make a sacrifice for their sins. We're talking about in the Old Testament. And at that time, they would bring an innocent, blemish-free animal to lay on the altar. So back then... They used animals and they had different animals 
let's say say like different animals for a different tax bracket like that and then that's something else. yeah so there's like different kind of animals that that they would use for that <clears throat> so the English word and you guys know I'm a teacher preacher so the English word for atonement originally meant at one meant or at one with like being in harmony with someone so the atonement is a sacrifice Jesus made to help us overcome sin adversity and death so Jesus atone, atoning sacrifice took place in the garden of Gethsemane on the cross at Calvary so they did animals and Jesus did us you got that it makes sense Okay. Oh, they did animals. Jesus did us. No, they, I'm sorry, they I missed the, that whole thing. <laughs> they did the animals for their for their sins. Oh, the because Jesus was there. But yet. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice for okay. us, so we don't have to do the animals no more. We don't have to do that. Sure so for for a time being, God made 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 means of forgiveness through death of animals when god was ready to send his son jesus christ he would be the ultimate sacrifice whereas adam and eve brought sin and death got that so death is the punishment for sin and death was necessary part of the atonement so who is god who is god god is holy and perfect and righteous and God is the creator of us with a desire to have an intimate relationship with us. Because he is holy and he is a perfect God. So that's who God, God is holy and he is perfect. And we are unclean and full of sin and unperfect. Therefore, we cannot be in relationship with him. So we as sinners don't even deserve his mercy, his grace, or to be in his presence. So when I think about the things that I've done, my life, and I look back over my past, I don't deserve his mercy. I don't deserve his grace. And I didn't deserve to be in his presence because it was just, it was filth. It was things that weren't of God. Amen. Mm -hmm. But because he loves us and he didn't give up on us, even after he gave instructions time after time, he still didn't give up on us. And I love that about God. How he ne he doesn't give up on us. And so when I think about my life, if you think about your life and things that you did and you know you was doing wrong, you know you was doing stuff that you had no business doing, but he still loved us and he did not give up on us. And that's why it's like when I look at us here today, it's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. He made a way for us to become holy and acceptable, reconciled with him, living forever to be with him in his kingdom. So the Israelites, they couldn't get it right. They kept messing up, kept messing up. And even when we keep messing up, he's, he made a way where we could still go to him and say, God, I messed up. Help me get this thing right. So that was to send his only son, Jesus Christ, to take the punishment for our sins. So because God is holy, in 1 John 4.10, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. In Deuteronomy 32.4, he is the rock, his works are perfect, and all his ways are just, a faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just. 
The only way to atone for the sins of the world, Jesus was the only way for us to be reconciled unto God. Without Jesus, there is no hope and no forgiveness. Isaiah 46, 6, But we are all as unclean thing, and all our righteousness are, are a filthy rags. And we all do fade as leaf, and our, our inequities, like the wind, ha have taken us away. Isaiah 55, 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Jesus didn't die because we deserve to be saved, but because God the Father loved us so much, because of God the Father wanted to be with us, and for that, he had to send his son Jesus. Why did Jesus have to die? Lord. So Mark 8.31 again. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed after three days and rise again. And this is what I call Passion Week. The Passion Week, which is my my favorite passage that I learned while going to school. Um, and it touches my heart sometimes. I get emotional because um, everything that Jesus had to go through, what he did. Um, because he loves us that much. And when you think about things that you do, when you look at other people, how... You know, they disrespect him and, and, and they don't honor him. They don't glorify him. And they just, you know, they do him wrong to me. But when you go into details and what he did for us, he did that for us. And knowing, knowing what he was getting ready to do, knowing what was going to happen to him. But he did it anyway. So Passion Week, this is about the last week Jesus walked the earth. Before ascending into heaven. So I would like to tell you about this week. Because I want you to hear what he went through. So that we can live eternal life with him. When Jesus started his ministry. He was no more than 32 years of age. At the time. As time went on. The people was all for Jesus. Within the last six days. It went all downhill. Passion week. Why we use the word passion. We derive this word from Latin, passio, and refers to, it refers to suffering and enduring. It speaks of the endurance of a submissive victim to affliction laid upon him. So on day one is when this all started. It was a Sunday. Jesus entered Jerusalem with triumph. He visited the temple and later Jesus and his disciples went to Bethany. So that's like walking, I think, maybe like from here to Apple Valley. That's what they did. They walked back and forth. This was his headquarters, Bethany was, for this week. Each day after various activities in Jerusalem, he and his disciples returned to Bethany, about two miles from Jerusalem, to rest and spend the night. So that's on Sunday. So Jesus, the disciples, and his, and his friend, Lazarus, attend a banquet in honor of Jesus, the home of Simon, the man he healed from leprosy. Jesus had a conversation with Mary and Martha. That was on Sunday. Then it says on Monday, Christ did two things on that day. Two, 
that pointed to his authority as the son of God. First, he cursed the fig tree, and second, he drove the money changers from the temple. He also healed the blind and lame who came to him in the temple. Jesus amazed the crowds with his teaching that he engaged in every day. The chief priests and the teachers of the law began looking for ways to kill him because they feared his power over the people. The Jewish leaders were finding it difficult to kill Christ because he was accepted by the people. Yes, he did. He did. So Mark 11, 11 through 14 says, Jesus entered Jerusalem, went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus, Jesus was, was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if any fruit, when he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. And then he said to the tree, May no, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. So Jesus cursed the fig tree and cleaned the temple by chasing the money changers out of the temple. So the fig tree represents Israel. The tree is fully leafed out and in such a state one would normally expect to find fruit. But like the fig tree, Israel produced no fruit. And therefore the fig tree and the nation will be cursed and no one would ever eat from you again. So the next morning, the deadness of the tree was exposed and Jesus was about to expose the deadness of the Jewish region by cleansing the temple. So when you hear about the fig tree, that's what the fig tree represents. He was, he was coming to clean house. He was coming to clean house and set things straight. Luke 13, 6, 9 says, God the Father planted his tree, his fig tree. Israel expected, he expected Israel to bear the fruit. And over time, the tree has not fulfilled its potential. So God was determined to cut it off because it was taking up space that could be put to better use. So the caretaker, Jesus appeals, appear, appeals to the Father to spare the tree for one more year. Jesus illustrates the sad spiritual condition of the nation of Israel. How disappointing. <laughs> Despite its many privileges and opportunities, Israel was outwardly fruitless and inwardly corrupt the temple. <clears throat> In Mark 11, 15 to 17, on reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling selling there he overturned the tables of the of money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts as he taught them he said it is not written my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations but you have made it a den of of robbers some say some um say thieves so jesus <coughs> reminded them by quoting Isaiah 56, 7, non-Jews who worship God will be allowed to worship in the temple. The courts were the only place they could worship God, but because the Jews, and what I'm saying here is that um, the Jewish people, they have their area where they can go and praise. And then the Gentiles, the non-Jewish that believe in God, they 
Capres too, but they had a different area. And so these people were taking up that area where they was at. So they were making it difficult for them. The courts were the only place they could worship God, but because the Jewish religion leaders was allowing the cattlemen and money changers to set up business, they were preventing robbing the Gentiles from exercising the spiritual privilege to come and worship. Kind of like today, how religious people are with all their rules and regulations, you know. And they stealing people's money. Stealing people's money. Yep. How can one pray and worship among noise and stench? So you got all this going on. You're trying to praise and worship God. But it's all this noise and stuff that's going on. And, and, and keep in mind that they sacrifice animals. So animals are being sacrificed. So you got the stench from the animals and stuff. They have allowed the temple to become a robber's den instead of a place of prayer. Now they want to come for Jesus, but they can't make a move just yet because they feared his power over the people. So right now people is loving on Jesus. They're like loving on him and the people were loving on Jesus and they were listening to him. So they couldn't come just yet to make they move on him. Sin that will cause you to die. And in order so that you can be forgiven of all the wrongs that you have done in your life, that's sinful. Jesus had to die so that we don't be separated from God. Jesus had to die so that we can be washed and cleansed. Jesus had to die so that we can be forgiven and reconciled with the Heavenly Father. So think about the suffering that Jesus had to do. Being rejected by his own people. Being betrayed by his followers. The pain he endured for us. Why not believe and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior? Why not have forgiveness and compassion? Why not serve the Almighty God? Why not worship and praise Him and give Him all the glory He deserves? Who is God to you? Sit and think about who is He to you? Think about the things that He has done for you. Think about the situations He done got you out of. Think about how he delivered you from things that had you bound. Yes. Think about the healing and not just physical healing, but emotional healing. Yes. Mental healing. Mental healing. Mm. Think about that. Who is God to you? He's our healer. He's our comforter. He's our provider. He's our way maker. He's our savior. He's everything we need him to be everything he's the one that created Adam and Eve and he set things up perfect for them but even after they messed up he still made a way he still made a way for things to be right when he when the when when his people were in Egypt and they was in bondage and, and they were stuck there and they kept crying out to him crying out to him and that's a whole nother message in itself right there because there was a reason why they stayed there so long. Because God was like raising up his army, so to say, his people. And he, and, he, and he delivered them from that. And he was taking them so that they can go take over the land. But there was another set of people, the offspring from, 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 from Abraham. 
And so he don't went. Abraham's other son don't went and got all the mean people, so to say. I'm trying to say it so that people can understand. That's why we have like the 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 good and evil. But that's like a whole nother that's a whole nother <laughs> lesson right there in itself. But he delivered them from that. And he and um he made promises to Abraham and he kept his promises and he delivered them over and once again he set things up for them. It was perfect. Life was going to be perfect for them. They was going to have everything they need. They wasn't going to have to worry about where to live. They was going to worry about no food. They Everything was perfect for them. All they had to do was follow his instructions. And he and he laid it all out for them. They didn't have to figure it out on their own. He, he laid out all the rules and everything that they had to do. Everything they had to live by. What to, what to, what, what to do and what not to do. But they were, they were so hard-headed. So he's the one who saves, protects, delivers, comforts, love, and have mercy. Whew. He's one that I can cry out to on behalf of others. One who didn't give up on me. One who didn't leave me. One who forgave me of all my sins while I was lost in the world. One who came and rescued me when I got lost in the wilderness. Not once, but a couple of times. One who gave me everlasting life and accepted me for who I am. But that's why Jesus had to die for us so that we can have all of that. So on Tuesday, Christ and his disciples moved from Bethany to Jerusalem. And Christ goes to the temple and there Christ's authority is challenged by the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders. Jesus gave them parables after leaving from the temple and he watched people give their offerings and noticed a widow who gave her offering. And later that afternoon, he went to the Mount of Olives when he delivered the olive discourse on future events. He was talking to his disciples and he later went back to Bethany. Consequently, the chief priests and elders of the of the Jews assembled to plot his arrest and his death. So they was plotting. Excuse me. <laughs> they were plotting. So the Sanhe the Sanhedrin challenges Jesus' authority. Jesus takes a moment and he sits and he watches who is going in and out of the temple, and he sees the widow who didn't have much but gave what she had. I always can just picture Jesus just sitting back in the cut, just watching people coming in and out the temple, watching what they're doing. Who's giving, who's not. You know, they were actions. I, I like to vision, you know, things like that. Like, just sitting there, paying attention. Like, mm-hmm, okay, I see you. I see you. Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives with his disciples and foretells the destruction of Jerusalem and his second coming. Mary anoints Jesus at Bethany. And Judas begins with the Jewish leaders to betray Jesus. Hmm. Then we get to Wednesday, and this is called the silent day. Christ didn't do much activities on that day. So he revealed that Christ has, it's revealed that Christ has a meal in the home of Simon, the leaper and the woman known as Mary, that anoints Christ with a costly perfume. Unfortunately, some of those present understood neither the um, significance of this act nor the devotion that prompted so Christ rebukes their smallness of spirit com and commands the act. Meanwhile, this is the time Judas, 
who will ultimately betray Christ and makes his first contact with the chief priest at this time. His purpose is to find a covenant, a covenant time to deliver Christ into their, a convenient time to deliver Christ into their hands. So Thursday, we get to Thursday, Thursday and Friday. Jesus eats the Passover meal with the disciples, gives the final instructions to them. He has prayer. He goes and he prays to the Father. And it says that during this time, he goes up there and he's praying. And I can't imagine, right. you know, he's like, do I have to do this? And I'm just prayer phrase, you know, I'm just, right. you know, but You're it's right. in there. But, but he do, exactly he goes and he's That's like, exactly do I have to do this, God? I mean, knowing like it's getting ready to go down. You told me about this. I've been hearing about this. I know what I got to do, but dang God, do I really, do I, Father, do I really got to go through this? But then he's like, but your will, Father. Mm. I can't this. I was telling him yesterday, just reading about him talking to them, telling them that he, he's going to have to leave them. But to be there, like, I have to do this because if I don't do it, then they're going to all die. But if they do it, then they're going to live. And so he done already got personal with some of them. He got that relationship, that bond. So I know he's really like. I got to do this for my friends because now he's calling them his friends. They're not his servant. Those are his friends. And he's like, I got to do this for them because if I don't, then they're going to die. But if I do this, I'm going to see him again. You know, they don't understand right now, but this is what I got to do. So this part right here is like really crazy to me because they was they was all over the place trying so hard to convict an to convict an innocent man he was he was innocent and they was just going out their way to try to find something and so it says thursday jesus has his last supper with disciples he went and prayed in the garden of gethsemane he was betrayed by judas one of the disciples arrested and his trial took place late that night late at night at that part really tripped me out because they don't normally do that at nighttime but they wanted him that bad. And just within, and this is just within a few days. Now, remember in the beginning, they loving him. He's coming in. They praising him, you know, laying things out. And, and just that quick, they just turned on him. That, that, that part just trips me out how I'm loving you. Like, what's up, girl? How you doing? And next thing I know, you stabbing me in my back. Happens every day. I was just about to say that. Just saying, be great, just don't be greater than me, right? You know, it's like that's the model, yes. right there. So, arrested and taken to the chief priest to be questioned, along with the Sanhedrin council, they was trying to find evidence to order his death. They took him to the Roman governor Pilate, he sent him to Herod, he sent him back to Pilate. Pilate couldn't find any reason or agree with them. To put him to death. So they couldn't convince him of blasphemy. Pilate went to. Pilate want to just punish Jesus. But the Jews didn't want. Didn't want that. He didn't want to punish them. But the Jews didn't want that. And if he let Jesus live. There would have been some confrontation. So if he would have let Jesus live. They would have had a fit. Like, like, I guess from what I'm understanding when I was reading, it would have been like a riot. 
the Jewish festival was occurring at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to throw off the festival, so that's why they were trying to get it all done. So they accused Jesus of claiming to be king, which was a conflict with rule, the ruler of Rome. And so he was charged with treason, a political threat to Pilate. So therefore, he couldn't ignore it. So because it was a Passover, the Jews got to pick a prisoner to be free and replace him with Jesus. <laughs> Pilate had Jesus oh, wow. beat wow. with That's a whip, handed him over to the soldiers they put a crown of thorns on his head, put him in a purple robe because they was mocking him and beat him and then led him to be crucified. And so the crown of thorns is like thorns. That's like nails. That, and then they, you know, they were just mean and then they just pushed it down in his head. 9 a.m. in the morning, he was crucified. From the third to the sixth hour, the soldiers cast lots for Christ's garments. Casting lots is like um, like when you play. Yeah. So whoever wins. For what? For his, his garments. For his clothes. Wow. Six to the ninth hour, Christ died. He hung on the cross for six hours. And because the religious leaders believed that by leaving dead bodies in the area would defile the area. And you couldn't leave dead bodies unburied that that was killed because of a of a capital offense so they talked to Pilate and had his soldiers break the legs of the prisoners so they would hurry up and die but by time they got to Jesus he had already died so they pierced his side blood and water came out and once again the scriptures was fulfilled which has says in the Old Testament that no bones will be broken they will look on the one they have pierced and so this part right here was really interesting to me as well because um, when it talks about the blood and the water, the Jews, to the Jews, the blood represented sacrifice and water represented cleansing. The blood, uh, the blood atones a person's sin and the water give that person a fresh new beginning. The death brings forgiveness and new life to people. I thought that was interesting to me. Two men from the Sanhedrin council that believed in Jesus went to Pilate to get permission to bury his body and did so and they prepared the body and placed it in the tomb. The sixth day Saturday, the Sabbath day, he laid in the tomb through all of Saturday. Day seventh Sunday, he rose from the tomb before sunrise on Sunday. All of this he did for you and me so that we may live forever in heaven and not go to hell. He wasn't even in there all Sunday. I don't know. As soon as Sunday hit, I was up. Exactly. I was just waiting for Sunday to come. (laughs) He rose on the third day. Jesus gives a lesson on faith, prayer, and forgiveness. We got to have faith in knowing that whatever mountain is in the way, we can pray to have it removed. But be willing to have forgiveness. So why did Jesus have to die? Why did Jesus have to die? Jesus had to die so that we can live forever. With him. He did all of this for us. This ain't even long. Just a little study. So who is God to you?
Come on, podcast. Who is he to you? Someone else. <laughs> I thought you had a word for us. Anybody want to chime wow, in? No, just relax. It'll come. Mark? I've been waiting like 24 hours for this. <laughs> for what word? What are you talking about? <laughs> she just said it. <laughs> he died. Who is he to you? Who is he to me? <clears throat> Jesus is like. Thank you. Jesus' life. <laughs> I'll just say that because, like you said, he he died for our sins and um, his life. I think we've all been through some type of trial. We've all been through something in our life where we can say thank God for Jesus because if it wasn't for Him, I know for sure I wouldn't have made it out. Mm-hmm. I would have lost my mind. I would have been dead. I would have not succeeded. I would have not been able to pay my rent. I would have not been able to, whatever the situation or the case may be. So when I say, what is Jesus to me? Jesus is life. Because when I was dead, he made me alive again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with Cassie on that one. Me too. We've all, we've all been through some things and there's been times where we're like, that, that wasn't nothing but God. Right. It, it ain't nothing but God. There's no reason why I should still be here today. Right. So definitely life and he teaches us about forgiveness like i said he gives jesus gives a lesson on faith prayer and forgiveness um through when you read about when he was um when he was i call it his journey when he was here on earth he always made time to go and pray to the father there was times when he would break away from them and he would go off by himself and he will pray to the Father. And it's so important for us really right now and, and, and to make and to keep on doing it until he comes. To make that a habit in the, the first part of your day, the first part, you need to just um, pray to him. Praise and worship him. Pray to him. I've recently learned it's, it's important to also pray at the end of the day. Um, because you go through so much during the day. There's so much you got to deal with that you encounter throughout the day. And sometimes you carry that stuff with you. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I, I learned that it's important to praise him and worship him. Because when you praise and worship him, you're inviting him to be in your space. You're inviting him to be in your presence, to be with you. And so when you start your day, you're easy is is you're able to handle all the things that you come up against through the day and then those things that you carry at by the end of the day you praise and worship him you're able to let those things go get those things off right you understand right and so he taught us how important it is to pray and to just have faith and sometimes having faith and trusting in god is really it it can be kind of hard because we we want to see it but sometimes we just got to trust him and just have faith like he's 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 gonna he's gonna make it all right it's gonna be all right and then forgiveness he was so forgiving and and the part when he's on the cross and even then when he's dying he's he's telling the father you know forgive them they don't know better they're mocking him. They're still doing little things and saying little things. People still are not believing and, and, and saying things to him like, you know, save yourself, you know. But he's like, God, they don't, they don't know. They, they don't know. They don't know better. Please just forgive them. And I 
think that's the hardest. That's one of the hardest things I think that people carry because when people wrong us, we're like, okay, oh, well, we forgive them, but we really don't. We carry that so that bitterness, that attitude, whatever goes in with that, we carry that on to the next person. So maybe we might not trust that person as Mm -hmm. much. Maybe we may not love that person. I'm not even just saying relationships with boyfriend, girlfriends, husband, and wife. I'm talking about friendships, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. mother-daughter relationships. You know, it's like you get hurt by one person. You kind of carry that on, even though you're saying, I forgive you for it. You're still carrying that same wall up. You know, you still Mm -hmm. have that wall up of forgiveness. And I think that's a big yeah. A big thing, just being for you know forgiving and letting it go, so you can move on more or less. Did you say forget and letting it go? No. Oh, just forget. I want to well, forget. I think you should forget that. Oh, I just said that on the I last podcast, mom. And you know what I find? You forget it because it was hard to forget too. And I I'll, and you always hear that saying. You can forgive them, but you don't have to forget. That's no. Not, yeah, you, you do. Need yeah. to forget. You got to forget and let that go. <laughs> And but you know what? You can forget. The closer you get with God, the more you be in His Word. You read it, um, because God is the Word. This stuff is getting it's it's being poured into you, so you can't help but to pick up His ways. Oh yeah. To be like Him. You're not gonna forget. And you know, like. But you know, I think eventually you would if if you if you can force yourself and like how she said you feed yourself or whatever. After a while, you're gonna be like somebody is probably bring it up and you'd be like, you know oh, what? I, I forgot, forgot about, about that. that. Mm-hmm. So some people, it, it all depends on like how you kind of handle that situation or whatever it is. Like to where you can be like, you know what? I am gonna end up forgetting about this, but you, right. you need to feed yourself with something mm-hmm. that can help you forget about that. Mm-hmm. So right. like, if, like my mom said, if you trying to, you wanna you wanna be more like God, so you gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna keep reading this and reading this. And you gonna get so focused on something that He's doing, you gonna literally forget. Okay, well, you know that, what? yeah. And oh, not sure. only that, I know <laughs> for me, I feel so free because I rather be happy, full of joy. And just living my Jesus life than to be holding this stuff, what right. you done did. Right. What you done did to me. I got in my mind, my mind frame now is I already reached out to people and said, hey, you know, if there's anything I did to you, I apologize. If I offended you, I, I apologize. Forgive me. Um. You don't have to, you don't, and you don't, you don't have to, it don't have to be both ways, but I made my peace. I am now where it's like, um, you do something to me. Hey, you know what? That's fine. Good. Um, there's just, I'm not going, I'm not going to deal with you no more. You know, I, I just know, okay, I'm not going to touch that burner. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get burned right here. Whatever you do to me, I'm not holding on to that. I don't want to hold on to it. I want to just, hey, you know what? I'm moving forward. Because why you want to be over there and be all ugly and mean and keep all that stuff. I'm moving on over here. Right. Because first of all, God is first in my life. And I know who I am now. I know what my purpose is. And why you dealing with all this little, this little stuff right here. God's like, okay, I got, I need you to deal with this stuff over here. So God's stuff is way bigger than your little stuff over here. Right. So once we are called into ministry, 
we are really busy working for the kingdom of God. We ain't got time for that. So that's why, that why it's, it's easy for me to just, hey, whatever. Okay, that's fine. You mad? You don't like me? That's fine. Um, I don't know. Do, 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 whatever, do whatever it is you're going to do or, you know, whatever. But for me right now, I believe, you know, when you put, you seek the kingdom of God first, his righteousness, delight yourself in the things of God, put him first, put his, his will first, and he's going to take care of everything else. We got to stay focused on him, especially if you're called to ministry to do what he wants you to do. We got to focus on that. We have enough to deal with praying, worshiping and praising him. Okay, God, what are we going to do today? Can I what do you something? want me? Who am I going to speak to today <laughs> to pour into people? That's a, that's a lot right there in itself. Can we talk about the difference between between protecting your peace and some people think because you don't want someone around you and you're protecting your peace they think you don't forgive them but it's like i do forgive you i just have the choice to not have you around because i'm protecting my peace come on mark peace is peace is not a place though i gotta come all the way over here a second okay i can set it down Oh, why? Because you think we... No, it's just... That's a common misconception. Peace is not a place. When you read through the scriptures, peace as a place is referred to as residing in the presence of God. So we know God to not be a place. We know him to be an entity. So if he resides within you, then peace essentially is with you at all times. It's whether or not you choose to operate within it. Mm -hmm. So people misunderstand peace as... I have to protect the environment or the space that I am in to create peace. When you yourself, having the Holy Ghost, invoke peace into your environment. But see, we don't understand that. So we believe peace is removing this person and bringing this person. When it is, I have the peace already. I create the environment. Right. True. But if you don't, if you just don't want that person into your space, let's just take the peace out. I have that choice to not want you in my space. Sometimes you don't want to contaminate your Thank you. your good. Which is valid, right? But right. see, it's it, oftentimes in scripture and in life, the very things and the very people that make us the most uncomfortable are who God has called us to. Amen. Amen. So if you're spending so that. much time time to protect your space from what God has called you to correct, then you're living out of his will. Because right. if your job is to help deliver that person, but you're so busy trying to protect your peace in your space, that person goes un- un- unhelped, unloved. They don't see the light of Christ in right. your life because right. they don't see you at all. And then you just feed into what they already believe about Christians. They love people when it's easy to love them. Right. Or, or they care about people when it's easy to care about them. But as soon as there's an opportunity for you right. to remove me then it's easy because jesus didn't do that he didn't decide oh well in this temple they don't respect me so they for me we just gonna he still sat and he still talked he answered their questions and you know at some point i've learned that you rise to a level in the spirit where 
the things that bother us when you when you operate in a certain level of the Holy Ghost, like it doesn't have the ability to affect Amen. you anymore. Amen. Let me but get to that point. But because ah. but because we don't necessarily <laughs> spend enough time cultivating our own spirits. As soon as somebody pokes on that area of your spirit that's not covered in the Holy Ghost, then all of our Holy Ghost just drops down. True. And then we become who we used to be. Right. And so right. we're no longer representing Christ right. anymore. We're representing us. And we're like, oh, well, I got to protect me. I got to keep me good. I got to, you feel me? And it's like, right. but you're here for the people. God created us and designed us to help his people. So right. which one is really important? Is God's will important or is protecting you important? I think God's will is important, but at some point you have to have that uh, that alone time to kind of Absolutely. rebuild yeah. yourself is what I'm saying. But we so, don't talk about but that. Your, but your alone time is not indefinite. I know. Like at but some point Jesus I know, left I know you being alone. To, you know, at some point Jesus was like, all right, I got to no, go back I know to you have to be around. I know you have to be around people and we have to do what God called us to do, but mm. you do have to kind of like recharge yourself, though. I believe absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, what's she read in the scriptures? That's what I'm talking about. Like you, we we have to recharge ourselves. So if I don't feel like being bothered with you at that moment, I can come back to you when. You know, I'm filled. But when you come back to that person, is that person still needed? Is that person still alive? Right. Yeah. But see, right. no, because see, this is the thing, though. I'm just it's, talking about in the day. The I know. I, I hear you, though. But but think about it like this, because because there's always another moment. Like subconsciously, you genuinely believe you have another moment. Mm, yeah, true. We don't operate in the realm where we comprehend. I could really like. My heart could stop beating right now and I can cease to exist. Right. I'm counting on the fact that I'll have another opportunity to speak to that person, to get my mind right so that I can answer their questions or show them God's love properly at another time. Mm -hmm. But what if this is your only time? What if this is your only opportunity and you don't get another what one? What if you give it to them and then you're done giving it to them and then they keep trying to come at you and you're just like well i gave you the word i said what i needed to say then what that's when you that's when we have to pray for discernment and we gotta pray for that ear too that's where we're spending time with him because he's gonna tell you i speak to them when, okay, okay, but when you are, speak to them and after it's said and mm -hmm. done and they keep coming understand. back, then go to him. Hold on. Because walk away. This you're is gonna, one thing I've learned. Sometimes Jesus met people at the point of their need. That's why he used parables. You can't always come at somebody with Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Right. Sometimes you got to meet them. Okay, well, well, where are you at? You're a builder. Okay, you talk about construction. Okay, you're you're a farmer. Okay, let's talk about farming. You have to bring it to them in an area in a realm where it relates to who they are. So often as believers, we want to just force the word onto people. Right, or we want to force right. the Bible onto people. Jesus didn't do that. Mm -hmm. He spoke to his disciples about the words and the hidden things of the spirit. But when he spoke to the people, he used parables mm -hmm. to help, help them understand that things that you do and you go through in your daily life, this is how you apply kingdom principles to everyday life. Mm. And that's how he reached the people. Not by saying, my father shall come. And then, <laughs> like, he wasn't doing all of that. He right. made it He made real simple and plain. But I feel like sometimes we get so caught up in being holy and knowing the word and pouring that on the people. I'm just doing what Jesus told me to do. I'm just telling you about Jesus. Mm -hmm. But Jesus also fed the people. Mm -hmm. 
He took care of them. He, you know what I'm saying? He, he met their needs. He healed their physical ailments. He didn't just always slap them with the word. You know what I'm right. saying? Mm-hmm. Very oftentimes he didn't do that. Especially he told them a story. Exactly. And you have those friends who say they believe, but they're not, they're not spiritually where you may be at. So mm-hmm. yeah, they believe like, okay, yeah, I know there's a higher power. I know that there's a Jesus or whatever, but they're not operating in, in none of it. You know, right. they may go to church from time to time. They're not being fed like you being fed. So I don't know. I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. No, this is not a debate. This is a conversation. We're sharing. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah, of course. That, mm-hmm. I, I understand understanding. sometimes you right. do watch your space. I know, um, some, well, for me, um, it, it, sometimes there's um, got to have me in a place and, and I can't be around nobody because he's doing something within me. Mm-hmm. For when he do send me out and when I do come across, I'm ready. I'm ready. Because he knows me. And and there has been times where he has sent me. He said, I sent you. And so I'm like, okay, am I done here? And he's like, you're done. And so now it's like, okay, I did my part. I did what I was supposed to do. Um, once, you, once you do what he says you to tell you what to do, you did, you did what you're supposed to do. And when he says, okay, you're done, then you move on. I, to me, I always got to go and pray and listen to him. And everybody know about the co-worker at work. And I, that that was new for me. Because I was like, this lady is really trying to throw me under the bus. Like, get me fired and stuff. And so I automated. I put this wall up and I was like, and I would not smile. So when she come, I'd be like, yes, no. Because I did not trust her. But I, And Brittany said, she said, mom, you're a pastor. And I said, I know, but this woman is coming for me. You know, I didn't know. And. I even talked to Jacqueline and Catherine, and I was like, "Is she a witch?" I thought she was like on assignment for me because my my spirit it was uneasy. It no, was, real it talk. was very no, uneasy. Real I was like, and I asked, her, I said, "Could she be a witch or something?" Because she, you know, niche, but she tried to do stuff, but then she'd be like, "I bought you Starbucks." So I started cleaning the blood of Jesus over my Starbucks because I'm like, I don't know what angle where, where you what's going on, and then God said, "Just show her compassion." Just be nice to her. And so no, I did. Right. I did. And I so then I started, be, I, you know, I just be nice. I'll be like, good morning. How you doing? And, you know, and then I would pray for her. And, um, and, and that's why I invited her. I said, Hey, I'm having to, you want to come? And, um, I was like, I need help with my event bright. I don't get, it. I said, you want to come and help me? So I started showing, even though I know you coming for me whatever and and i know that sometimes people like that it's something on them and i was like you're whatever's on you do not like the god that's in me you you don't like it and so and i mean but it's okay you know i still go in there and i pray and anoint my um whole office and but but i the bottom line is i treated her with compassion it's like this is this is god wouldn't do that so if I represent him, I'm going to still show you kindness. Right. I'm going to sh- right. still be nice to you. I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do my part. We're going to, I'm going to say, hey, we got to work as a team. This is what we got to do. And, oh and that's. And it usually and makes what that person feel uncomfortable. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like you were saying, like yeah. you walking your peace pieces within mm-hmm. you. Like, and I agree a hundred percent with that because I don't care what situation I walk into. 
I'm always going to be me. Like, God is yeah. always, I'm like, and it's so crazy. A lot of people don't understand that because it's a lot of people who wrong me. It's a lot of people who dog me out and I can still see you. I can still go to an event and you mm-hmm. there. I'm still going to speak. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to be me. So at some point, you start feeling uncomfortable, uncomfortable because you're like, hold on, this girl, I done did this, this, and this. Yeah. I done put her through that, that, that. And she's still smiling. She's still speaking. She's still cool as ever. And I think that's, Mm-hmm. I, you know, I could agree with that because that's that's how I am. I'm like, and after she was let go, dude, or my mood, she still texts me, and she did tell me. She said, "Thank you for being a good friend." <gasps> Look at God. Hey, but but listen, like but but do you see why though? It's because oftentimes people are testing the validity of our face bait faith based on how we respond mm-hmm. in times of adversity mm-hmm. they're intentionally poking at us to see let's see if this jesus crap is really real because in their brain that's what it is right. it's crap right. mm-hmm. so we are the only real gauge by which they can test its authenticity mm-hmm. and so depending upon how you feel in that day or your mood you can really lose a soul mm-hmm. yeah. because you're the only opera and then as soon as you're done like, you was the only person that came close to actually making them believe. But then after you did that one thing, they was like, oh, yeah, that's a bunch of... And then when you really start to read your word and understand, like, like you're responsible for that. Like, when you stand before God, like, you have to answer for that person's yeah. blood. Ooh, See, that's that's a whole nother level of, of spiritual right. warfare that we don't understand. Like, like, you're called to people. Like, when we talk about callings, callings are not just, like things for you to do it's souls for you to reach so when you when you look at it from that perspective you understand that there are people out there literally waiting for me to step into my calling and my destiny so that i can tell them about jesus and if i continue to decide to do what i want to do when i want to do it how i want to do it and i'm never really consulting god on the matter then those people miss out and we don't know people's time clock we don't know how much time I got there. We don't know how long we're going to be in their presence. We don't know how many opportunities we're going to get to reach them. That's why you always... The only people I ever seen Jesus check was believers. Mm-hmm. He didn't never come at a non-believer disrespectfully. Not one time in the scriptures. I've never seen it. Anytime he came, he was a little bit crass or a little bit short or a little bit sharp. It was people who had knowledge of God and were misusing or misrepresenting him. Right. When, we're, when we're operating... In, in, in discipleship and we're supposed to be teaching people and reaching people we only supposed to operate in love it don't matter how they treat us it don't matter what they do to us because think about it all throughout Calvary what was bro doing he was taking it he was he was he was he was he was allowing them to treat him however the, and then I feel like that's the part that a lot of people like like skip over like we get excited about the yeah he rose part or we get sad about the he died part but like him enduring that uncomfortability and those afflictions like we but we don't ever want to be in an uncomfortable situation we don't ever want to be around people that treat us bad or disrespect us or talk to us crazy because oh no i ain't got no time for that and it's like but isn't that what god called us to do to suffer long Mm -hmm. and endure (gasps) represent see that them is the parts for me ain't nobody we not really trying to do that because that doesn't feel that doesn't tickle our warm and fuzzies and we want our warm and fuzzies to be tickled you know what i'm saying so it's like it's it's from what i understand the scriptures to say this life is hard right but the reason why he says it's a light affliction is because the hardness of it is limited to our time during our first existence, which is in our human bodies. The goal is not that. 
That's not the goal. The goal is eternal life. Because everybody's going to live forever somewhere. It's just where you live forever at. Oh. And see, that's the part that, like, people who don't believe, that's the main thing that I start with. Like, do you know that you're going to exist as you forever? Do you understand that you're an eternal being? If they don't understand that, then it's really, like, it's like it's, it's a certain kind of conversation you can't really have yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. Because they don't even know they live forever. Right. They don't believe in the afterlife. They don't believe in all those things. So it's hard to talk to somebody about Jesus. They're like, what, well, what, are you, what is he saving me from? If when I die, I'm dead and I'm asleep. What, right. it, what point is there for saving me from what? Because Christian life, it just gets a little bit more, you know, uncomfortable. Once you start believing, enemies start attacking you more. Adversity starts popping up because he's testing your faith. Right. But if you don't believe there's an end game, if there's no light at the end of the tunnel, then it's like, what am I suffering all these light? light afflictions for you know what i'm saying and so it's it's comprehending that one you do exist forever and separation from god is the true death that's the second death it's not ceasing to exist that's a common misconception that the enemy uses is oh well you'll just be gone forever you won't remember who you are or you'll be you'll come back as something else like no you're gonna be you whoever you was in your same state of mind you just gonna not be with the big homie all it's gonna be i want to when he said really we just is to love um i just went over this in my teaching yesterday and it's when jesus um when they was having their last supper and he washed their feet and i've also learned that washing their feet is like um it's like it's like a cleansing i look at it like a repent cleansing i thought that was really awesome but he says this too. He said, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are disciples if you love one another. So no matter what, we got to love one another and we got to love our people. Another thing I wanted to bring up is the, the scripture that we stand on, which is Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And this is what he told his disciples. And I look at this like, I look at it like this. Jesus knew he was getting ready to go. He's preparing his disciples. So other words, he's saying, I'm getting ready to go. I got to prepare home for us. But you guys are going to pick up where I left off at. And I, to me, that part right there is where he's saying, you're going to pick up pick up where I left off right. at. So I'm going to give the, the power that I have while I was on this earth. You're going to get it too. You're going to get that. And then you're going to go pick up where I left off at. So us, his people, applies to us. Right. What we're doing, we're picking up where Jesus left off at. And we're doing it in love. So it's like, no matter what. We got to get our mind frames like, yeah, you may not like me. You may be talking about me. You may do this, that, and the other to me. That's okay. That's fine. But you know what? I'm doing what my father told me to do. I'm going to love you because he loved me. Because we, right now, today, we all are on assignment. And we have to preach this gospel to whoever, to whoever, to whoever. And we got to do our part. If it's just planting seeds, we got to go be planting these seeds. Boom, 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 boom. And someone else will come and water. But um, that's what we are to do. Get baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
and just tell them about Jesus being born, walking this earth. He died on that cross for us. He rose and he's coming back. Simple. And who is the Holy Spirit to a non-believer? Who, who, how would you explain the Holy Spirit to a non-believer? Their conscience. That's the closest thing they would, would, you know, relate it to. That voice that tells them, like, right from wrong. Mm. But it depends on their moral code, like, what they believe right and wrong to be mm. at its most basic form. Because there's some people, like, who are raised different. So things right. like robbing people is not a wrong thing because that's how you feed your mm -hmm. family. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, we got to understand, oftentimes we come from a, a certain thought process because of our belief system. So certain people are not raised with the same belief system, so their thought process of right and wrong is totally different from ours. It doesn't necessarily make them, like, wrong, but you're, you're subject to what you've been given. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's why God doesn't hold people accountable for things that they don't have knowledge of. Like, right. You have to have knowledge of this for you to be for it to count against you you feel me that's why the law came i can't hold sin against the world if like you feel me i can't be upset with the children of israel for breaking my laws and i haven't given them laws yet right. i gotta give them laws so now they can be held responsible for not following my laws you know what i'm saying because that was the distinction between everybody else and them being his people mm -hmm. my people follow these certain rules Mm. And you get certain benefits, but if you're off in a distant land and you don't, you feel me? You get swallowed up in the flood. It's just for me. It be like that sometimes. I try to explain them to out to me is um, it's just God's spirit. That's just that's the middleman. So the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit and I try to like like a form of communication so our spirit talk to that spirit and then that spirit is it's like the connection between heaven and earth that's our that's our telephone line right, right there and then when they're filled with it I always encourage people to be filled with the Holy Spirit <laughs> to get baptized with the Holy Spirit and to pray in their heavenly language. Excuse me? Because. Oh, no, for real. It, because. It's <laughs> sometimes it's not. Because sometimes, you know, say. you ever be praying and you got so much to say and you like this, that. Sometimes when I be like, you know, Lord, it's just so much to say. I just pray in my heavenly language because the spirit knows. He knows what's going on. He knows the wants. He knows the needs. So it's just easy for me to just pray in my heavenly language. The spirit, he got it, and boom, and then I'll get an answer. So that's my telephone line. Sometimes it's just, and then sometimes sometimes it's not good to put things out there in the atmosphere, what we're praying. Because, that's what I learned. Because the enemy is hearing too, so he want to come and try to sabotage and send his enforcements to be like, oh, wait, he that's what they, like, that. bam. Language, he doesn't. Um... What would you say to believers that don't even know what the heavenly language is because they think it's fake? Read your Bible. There you go. Hey, don't talk to me like I'm not a believer. I'm talking about to the people that are not believers, Mark. No, you said people that are believers, but they don't know. Oh, about I said non-believers. Non-believers. Oh, I, I thought you said believers.
I just didn't believe that y'all know about that. She did say believers, but she maybe you meant non-believers. Oh, the non-believers then. I mean, it's difficult to explain the Holy Ghost to somebody who doesn't even understand Jesus. Right. Right. Because Jesus is the Holy Ghost is what Jesus sent when He left. So you gotta. I mean, can't skip no steps. I will be honest. Growing up, being young, like a lot of times I was with you, and then as I got older i would go on my own and things of that nature but i can truly say it wasn't until maybe about five years ago mm-hmm. where i actually felt the holy ghost and it actually i was like this is real because mm-hmm. i'd be lying if i said i didn't sit in church and see the people running around the church and stuff <laughs> and i was like what the heck is wrong with these people like this makes no sense and falling out until i was at that altar and i got knocked out myself like mm-hmm. i will i did not believe that junk at all so, until the Holy Ghost really arrests until he arrested me, <laughs> and then you're arrested. It took me in, and then he didn't just arrest real. me, and then you're he real. took me in. So, you're real, like, real. you know, you and sometimes it takes that experience like, for people, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, because some, we could talk about it all day long, but like you say, it's a relationship too. So, until they do start coming because you know of course you go to church you want to be like i gotta get perfect before i go to church i don't want to go to church and i'm still drinking i don't want to go to church and i'm still smoking or whatever the case is and it's like no you come to church and then those things will you know eventually fall off but i will say for me i'm not even going to be the one to lie and say that i was like i don't know what's wrong with these people because this makes no sense there's no way you running around no church tap dancing and doing everything else (laughs) and then you actually experience that and you're like this is real. It's like one of the greatest experiences you can ever experience in your life where you're like, whoa, like, you here, you've been here, you've been here, like, but I've been right. Some believers don't even believe yeah. in Well, there that. are some churches, right? There are some churches that There's they don't believe some in. Some denominations. That. They feel like um, that's something they did back then that they you But don't think about believe. that, though. So that means that there is an entire, because... Period. Whether like, like I'm gonna say this because I operate in the Holy Ghost, so I don't really care if I offend somebody's denomination because I'm gonna be held responsible for truth. So I I live my life as when I stand before God in terms of like His Word and what I said, I never compromised His Word for somebody's feelings. Right. So right. anybody out there who you know you connected to a certain denomination, read your Word and fact check what I'm saying. Don't feel away because it doesn't follow your school of thought. Right. The word says that we are to operate in the Holy Ghost. There are different signs. Speaking in tongues is a sign that you operate in the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. But you need him. Like it's not like you cannot have the Holy Ghost and like do whatever it is you're supposed to. That's like how you do it. That's mm-hmm. how you operate in the gifts. That's how you that's like like that like it's the it's the it's the actual spirit of the living God. So I don't understand how you're operating in any type of power and mm-hmm. and you and you're not tapped into the power or you don't believe in the power. Mm. And then the one the, the one unforgivable sin in the Bible, there is only one. It is to denounce the power of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. So what that means is is that everything that ever existed, right? was created by what? The Word. The living Word being Christ. Christ's Spirit is the Holy Ghost because Him, God, and the Holy Ghost, they're all one. So God the Father, He who sits on the throne, God the Son, 
who resided on earth as a human being, and God the Holy Ghost, who is the spirit connecting the two. Thank you. So the Holy Ghost yeah. is the spirit by which we tap into all that the word says we have the ability to do. So by denouncing that spirit, you denounce the very power by yes. which that designed your existence. Right. So they didn't make sense why you wouldn't be forgiven for that. Mm -hmm. But to not understand it means that you have not read your word. You have not actually studied. You're just sitting up under somebody else who's informing you on these things. Because in the Bible, like, I'm not telling you any of this stuff that somebody told me. Like, right. I read it. Oh, no, I read it too. And I just, so it's not like, oh, well, somebody told you that one time. No, I, for the majority of what I know, I got it from just reading the Bible over and over and over and over again. I didn't really start learning stuff from church because, I mean, people say a lot of things that's not in there. And then when you actually read it, when somebody's standing on the stage says something that is not in there, then you know. You'd be like, yeah. um, you can raise you your hand. say that. Like, <laughs> Excuse me, can you show me the scripture where that... Because in my Bible, it says something a little bit different. Now, I do understand that people read out of different versions. Mm -hmm. But it all says the same. God's words don't change, and though. And different versions. Now, hold on. Because it can be interpreted. this is a sensitive subject. Because there are newer versions of the Bible that they're designing now. Ah. Where they're taking out words that distort the actual intentions of what God is saying. Yeah. And one of and it's and it's and it's a bit frightening because I actually got into a debate with um, a friend of mine who he follows the the reformist Christians their school of thought they have like five tenets or something and they believe in some pretty interesting things and I rock with just about all the tenets but like one or two of them where it says that like you don't get to choose like God just chooses you and then you're chosen like you don't get to choose back. I'm like, well, my word doesn't say that because yeah. there are many who are called, yes. but few who are chosen. Calling means God picked you for something and you chose not to answer. Mm. Right. There is a choice. There was another individual I met at my job who said the same thing. I was like, just read the scriptures, bro. Like, don't take what I'm saying as truth. Discover it for your own because I'm only in telling you anything that you say you already believe the word. Because that's the, that's the main principle. Whenever you get into something where somebody says, oh, well, I don't believe that. Okay, well, what do you believe? Do you believe the word or what somebody taught you? Because I believe the word. What people teach is that's just that teaching. Mm -hmm. It can be wrong. If you ever had a bad teacher, right. then you know what I'm talking about. You've been in school. You've had a teacher that didn't teach you the subject. And then you had another teacher in the same subject, and then you got it. Yeah, Why? Because the right. teacher was better. <laughs> didn't mean the information wasn't valid. Or you were too dumb to get it. It just means the person delivering it to you wasn't as skilled as you needed them to be for what you needed. Right. It's the same thing with the word of God. And that's why I tell people you have to have the Holy Ghost because he's the one that leads you into all truth. So if you're counting on your pastor or your leader to inform you of all of these things that you're struggling with and you don't ever ask the individual who wrote it. The Holy Ghost is the power by which the word was written. He came upon those who believed, and that's how they wrote the word. So ask him, hey, what does this mean? And he'll the one, he's the one who will reveal it to you. And so stop going to everybody else, because people, they need a heavier dose of Jesus anyway. So. <laughs> Amen. And that's for another day. That's <laughs> a teaching for you. Hello. Yeah. That was good. So when this prophetess Jacqueline come, y'all can ask her to baptize y'all with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, huh, Megan? Mom, what? 
What is getting baptized with the Holy Spirit? Happens, oh no 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 that no when it when it happens no, I told her what is it? You're gonna go whew. Oh you never been baptized? I have been oh, baptized. Open out the Holy Ghost. No, with the Holy Ghost. They haven't got the Holy Ghost yet. They you haven't been baptized, been baptized with the Holy with Ghost. The Holy, not with the Holy Ghost. So they don't speak well, can in we do tongues it now? yet. I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, can you do it now, Ma? Mm-mm. Oh, you have, well, to, you have to have a specific yeah you person. That's <laughs> <laughs> not something. I mean, it is. You need to have an altar. No, 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 it is, but there is a there is a way to do it. Like mm-hmm. anybody, like, and that's one thing that. So when are you gonna learn the way? It's frustrating. Ooh. When is who gonna learn the way? She gonna learn the way. <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> I think Mark is about to me for that. Yeah. Me. Yeah, it's not like a just. Okay, first of all. <laughs> I'm just saying. You don't want her to do it and do it wrong. I'm right. <laughs> She's not in trouble for that. Duh. Yeah, God will definitely whoop her for that. You know, uh, like, yeah, I'll give you that gift to be doing that. What but are that's you doing? Thing, though, it's not that. Because, see, this is the thing. But sometimes, I don't mean to cut you off, but sometimes you could do that on your own, though. You can. Because, yeah, in the word, somebody's him. done it before. You can ask him, and that's what happened. Well, no, because um, Catherine and Jacqueline put hands on her at the revival. And then later, at, when she was at home, then it it came it kicked in. What kicked in? She her started speaking in um Who? in um tongues. Who did? Do you remember the girl, Marsha at church? At at your church. Yeah. Well, Jacqueline and Catherine, they was at the revival, our uh-huh. revival we had, and so she wanted to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. She wanted that, so she had went home and they had told her they say you might not start speaking in it right now mm-hmm. uttering the words it could happen later so when she got home well it happened mm-hmm. and she she recorded it for pastor denise because she was like oh, what are these words mm-hmm. you know she's very new to yeah it. and so but then there was i've heard a story where it, it was a she was a teenager and she asked God for the gift to um, to speak in tongues, and he, the Holy Spirit, came upon her. And, and, and it's all upon but the willingness of your yes, heart, yes, like, yeah, and, like, the, yeah. and the and the and the and the the strength of your faith. Like yes. you can't want it, but then don't believe that you can do it. And you're not gonna do it. Like mm-hmm. it, like it. It's not like a. Just, it's like a total surrender. You say it and then it just boom. It happens. Yeah. Like you literally have to be like, all right, I don't understand whatever this is, but clearly it's important. Okay, great. And You're I looking desire. at me because that has been a desire in my heart. Oh, so yeah. I'm not, definitely. Because you're looking at me, but I'm like, that is a desire. I'm not even trying to look at you like that. That's crazy. I was not. But that is a desire in my heart because I've been, like you said, I've been saying, so I'm like, maybe I don't. Believe that I'm capable of doing it. You know what I mean. I don't that'll know because that time. is it. it, it that's where I feel like my block is. I'm like, what is going on? No, like, you know, that's what I want to no, do. I like, do. just a total surrender to just. It's like you just totally open up to him and you just be like, I believe in you. I believe it. I believe in the language. I believe in you, Holy Spirit. I come, come, feel me. You know, I, I want that gift, Lord. I want it. And just open, just open up, and you just Come gotta up. clear your mind and just be free. I used to start off with just saying Jesus, 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 <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. That's how I. I mean, not when I after I was done with it, and that's what they told me to do. And I felt in my mind, I focused on Jesus on the cross. 
and I would say Jesus, Jesus, and then it will flow out. It just can't. It just can't. So, yeah. But we know that it can happen. Right. But you just totally open up and just you just just got to get to a place where it's just you and you. The one thing that you don't do. Hear me when I say this because oh my God, it's the worst thing what? that oh, we practice as believers. Taking the utterances that you've heard another person say Ooh. and repeating them. Yes, no. okay. that's not it. I don't even know how it's to your do own mindset. Because, because there are certain there's certain um, utterances that replicate in your tongues, and I've noticed that my tongues, as my faith has elevated, my tongues have changed. Mm, I don't yeah. always operate in the same tongues, and there's two different ones. There's tongues uh, that is your heavenly language, mm. and then there is the, the the gift of the spirit that allows you to speak in other tongues mm -hmm. that allows you to speak different languages mm -hmm. it's two different things yeah. so people don't understand what it actually is and how it works heavenly language is the one that you operate in when you're praying to edify yourself mm -hmm. that's what you were talking about earlier mm -hmm. when you're praying and the spirit of yourself is praying to the spirit of God directly mm -hmm. through the Holy Ghost mm -hmm. that's different from Having the gift of speaking in other tongues and then actually speaking another person's language, like you're, you say something and then in the, that's why it's supposed to be followed by interpretation. Station. But when you pray in that. tongues, praying in tongues is to be done privately. Mm -hmm. Yes. But see, people don't read their Bibles, so they don't know that. Yes. So that's okay. We're all learning. Yeah, because I mean, because mine sounds totally different from hers. I mean, sometimes it's going to she spill out. Certain people, yeah, no, 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 no. Sometimes it's going to spill out because that's just you know when the spirit gets removed. And mine is more so like a da 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 da. It just sounds. It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like hers. And I'd be like, so I asked Miss Jacqueline. I was like, Am I even saying it right? And she was like, You just might be an intercessor. And I was like, Yeah, because mine don't sound like my mom or the people, other people that sound alike. Yeah. I get what you're saying. And it is because it changes, and then there's certain, like, you could pick that out, like, Oh, that person does has the same tongues or has right, similar tongues right. because you'll hear that little sequence of yeah, noises yeah, or yeah, sounds yeah, or yeah. words together and you're like oh well then that's how you do it and then people will practice that it's like no don't do that just let the holy spirit oh, use just you just let him just let him do it and let him just let him use you that's yeah. it yeah that is true i do notice mine is starting to sound a little different it'll change which i kind of was like okay i didn't even recognize oh. mine change i was just praying in this holy i was like like what? Like it don't even because there's certain repetitions sometimes. Like there's certain like it's like, I call it like a cadence. Like you know like when you're playing music, there's certain like it'll just it'll it'll kind of repeat, and it's your it's your spirit like rep repetition is the mother of all learning. Mm. So I believe that operates in the spirit as well. When your spirit continues to repeat and speak something over, it breaks something in the spiritual. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So I feel like. That's why when you're speaking in in, in in your tongues, certain things you just you'll kind of repeat over and over, and it'll just sound like it's the same sound of a they just doing it over and over and over again because you know it's it's breaking something and so it's not really something that is easy to explain. Yeah, just at its face value, it's really like you really just got to let the Holy Ghost do that. And you gotta accept that it just sound like that. So it's not actually. Yeah, that's why I was making a differentiation between speaking in tongues and, and it gets like that. You like 
Your tongue just be like. We just praise you and thank you for another opportunity to come together, Father God, and commune, Father God, to share your word and learn from all that you would have for us to learn, Father God. We would just praise you and thank you for who you are, Father God, that you just continuously bless us and cover us, Father God, in these times that we're living in, Father God. And we just thank you for the opportunity to just be close to you, Father God, and be near you, to fill your spirit and to know your love, Father God, and to have family members and a place to stay, Father God, things that we take for granted. We just praise you and thank you. We, we thank you for the word that went forth, Father God, that it would pierce the hearts of those that heard it, Father God, and that the Holy Ghost would bring revelation and, and clarity to anything that may have been misunderstood, Father God, or may have been misconstrued, Father God. And we just praise you and thank you for, for leading us into this opportunity of praise and worship, Father God, and, and communing with you and sharing your word and, and learning more about you, Father God. And we thank you for the opportunity because some of us don't necessarily have that opportunity, Father God. And we just ask that all hearts and minds be cleared, Father God, and that you would just speak to us continually on this message throughout the week, Father God, to gain greater revelation. And we just lift you up, magnifying you for who you are and what you've done and that which you will continue to do in the future. And we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.